Let's pray. Gracious God, as we open up your word tonight, we ask that you would open our ears to hear your voice speaking to us. Our hearts to know your spirit's doing us and our eyes to see where you are leading us. Form us in your image, we pray. Amen. So tonight we are considering the story of Jonah. And it's a story that is familiar to many, or at least parts of Jonah's story are very familiar. And the story begins with Jonah receiving this really clear call from God to go to the people of Nineveh and to call them out on the destructive ways that they were living. Now, Jonah doesn't respond with questioning or confusion. He doesn't attempt to wrestle or argue with God. He doesn't ignore what God asks and just continue on with life as he knows it. Instead, Jonah actively chooses to move in the opposite direction, to go as far as he possibly can for the, from the place that God has called him to go. And not that he changes the way that he's living and starts living in a really destructive way, but he just chooses not to go to the people that God is asking him to go to. He gets as far away from them as he possibly can. But God, Jonah's goal isn't simply to not do what God asks. Jonah wants to flee from God's presence. He doesn't want to see or be seen by God. So why would Jonah not want to be in God's presence? The experience of being in God's presence is described in lots of different ways in Scripture. Um, some some well-known famous ones. Moses experiences God as a burning bush that speaks to him. And later as a light so intense that he has to hide under a rock. Abraham experiences God's presence in a wrestling match with an unexpected visitor. And while every instance we find of people experiencing God's presence in scriptures, one thing remains the same every time. Every time someone encounters the presence of God, the experience is transformative. It changes the person. When Jonah flees God's presence, he is fleeing God's invitation to be changed. He's fleeing God's invitation to change the way he sees others. And so he runs and famously finds himself deep in the belly of a big fish. And from the darkness, Jonah prays, how will I look at your holy temple again? As my life was ebbing away, I remembered the Lord and my prayer came to you in your holy temple. Those who worship vain idols forsake their true loyalty. Or in another vision, um, those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. Now the Hebrew phrase that's used here that gets translated as um, vain or worthless idol, um, these words here can also mean 
empty vapour or empty breath. If we think about what that means when we think about what we know about God's presence, God's presence as breath. This is empty breath, a place where God's presence is not. Those who cling to empty, lifeless breath turn away from God's love. Those things that take us away from God's life-giving presence. The true breath, which transforms and brings life. In Jonah's case, running away from God's life-giving presence literally brought him to a place that he describes as Shul, which in the Hebrew Bible was the place of still darkness that comes after death. But God does not leave Jonah in the belly of the big fish. God answers Jonah, rescuing him from death. And Jonah faithfully does as God asks him. He goes to the people of Tarshish, warning them about the destruction that was on their doorstep. And on hearing God's message, the people of Tarshish see that they messed up and they humble themselves and they change. They are transformed by God's loving presence. Now often when Jonah's story is retold, a little like the, the kids' um, version story that we heard, um, the story finishes here. It finishes here with this lovely moment. The people change. Jonah brings the story, but it's not where the story ends, as we've heard. The people hear God's message and they change. God relents and they are saved. And that's this happy, hopeful story. Jonah and the people of Nineveh are transformed by this profound encounter with God's presence. But Jonah wasn't happy with God's response. And this is what he says. This is what I said at the beginning. I knew that you were a gracious God and merciful and slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and ready to relent from punishing. Now please take my life from me, for it is better to die than live. It's kind of an extreme statement. <laughs> Jonah knew all along who God was. He knew God's character. And when Jonah ran away, he ran away from God's invitation to have his vision transformed. Now in John 9, we find another story of God's people finding it hard to accept. God's invitation to have their view of others transformed. Jesus restores the sight of a blind man on the Sabbath. The religious leaders of the time, rather than being excited and overjoyed by this, are angry. They're angry that Jesus brought God's healing to someone on a day that was reserved for rest and worship. They are angry at who Jesus has chosen to heal. Jonah and the religious leaders of Jesus' time both make the same mistake. Jonah is unable to accept that God would show mercy to people to the people of Nineveh. Surely they deserve everything that is coming to them. 
And the Pharisees are unable to accept that God would heal a man born blind. Surely this blindness was the result of his family sin. Neither can see the humanity and need that is right in front of them. Instead of responding with compassion and with grace, they focus instead on who's to blame. They focus on the rules of how things should play. When God looked at Nineveh and at the blind man, he sees each as they truly are and responds with compassion. God first calls Nineveh to see themselves and to see the consequences of their action. And they respond with humility and change behavior. And God welcomes them with compassion and with grace. God's challenge to Jonah is to put aside his prejudice and see what God is doing. It was an invitation not to ignore the violence and injustice that had been rife in Nineveh, but to see the restoration and change that God was bringing about. And when Jesus sees the blind man, he sees a man who has been treated and viewed unjustly his entire life. He restores his sight, challenging others to see the blind man and his family in a whole new light. Jesus challenges the blind man, he challenges the blind man's family, his community, the disciples, the religious leaders, all of them, to look beyond their religious rules and see what God is doing. Sometimes God calls us to places and people that we weren't expecting. And sometimes we are called to love and serve people that we don't really want to go and that we don't really want to help. Sometimes we are blind to the truth which is right in front of us. But when God challenges us to see others in new ways, will we accept that invitation? When God invites us to be transformed by his presence, Will we, be, will we be willing to yield to the work? Yesterday, many of us gathered to celebrate the life of Carol. And Carol was someone who loved to be in God's presence. I say that as someone who gets the privilege of, of worship leading in this space. And one of the things that happens when you do that is that you can see all of you guys. I don't say that to try and make you feel uncomfortable. <laughs> but sometimes there are people that... Um, <laughs> that you, you choose to focus on every now and then because there's something about their presence in the room that really helps you to feel connected and, and know that, you know, God is here with us. Carol was one of those people for me. She had such a joyful presence in worship and it was so clear that she knew what it was to be in God's presence and it was a beautiful, beautiful thing. And so many of the stories that we heard shared yesterday, we saw this picture of someone who was changed by God's presence and someone willing to have her sight transformed, to see herself and others differently and to go wherever God led. 
Carol's life was a gift and a challenge to us to be people who are willing to be transformed by God, to surrender ourselves to the work that God's doing in us, even when it hurts, and to accept God's invitation to see ourselves and others differently. So who is God inviting you to see differently? What situations is God inviting you to see differently? Is God asking you to put aside blame and respond with compassion and grace? Where is God challenging you to change? And how will you respond? Let's pray. Father, we know that you are a God who, who truly sees us. You see all the best bits and all the worst bits. You loves. We pray that you would stir in us those places that maybe need a little work, that you want to bring new life to, that you want to restore. Give us courage to face what we see and to let you do the work. God, open our eyes to see those around us with new eyes. Transform our ways of seeing. That we would see others as you see them. That we would see others as you know they can be. Give us the courage to love as you love. To serve as you serve. Make us into your body, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, for those of you who were here last week, this will be a familiar, um, familiar thing. Um, on your tables in the middle there, you see two cards. They look mighty similar, but they are just ever so slightly different. Um, one of them, they both say RSVB. Please reply, that's what that means. <laughs> this, this first one um, is a prayer request card. And so what we invite you to do is any time um, from, from now onwards, I'm going to give you a couple of minutes just to reflect. Um, and but when we do that, and then any time in the, in the remaining part of our worship service, if there are things that you particularly want to pray for, you can write them on the back. If it's something that's private between you and God, you can just hold on to it. Or you can place it at the base of the cross, and I'll collect them up at the end and discreetly shred them, and no one will, I won't look, no one will see what's on the card. That's between you and God, right? Um, but if you would like 
to what our leadership team to pray for you and to hold, hold some things in prayer for you. When you come up for communion later in the service or at any time in the service that you want to, you can pop up and just pop it in this little black box on the table there and um, yeah, we will, we will pray for you for those things. Now the second card, which I've lost, which I found, um, also says please reply. Um, these have got a couple of reflection questions for you to reflect on. So you can do that. Um, we're going to take a moment to do that. And um, if you want to write some things down on the back, you can. Or you can just hold on to it and, and continue to think about these things. Or you can take it away with you at the end and, and reflect on them over your week. But there's just two little questions there for you to reflect on. Who is God inviting me to see in new ways? And what will I do to actively seek God's presence and transformation. So, as we all know, church is not just about what we do here on a Sunday, it's about what we take into our week with us. And so this is, this is just a reminder to, to think about what does this mean for us as we go in into, into our weeks? Where are these things? Where is God asking us to respond? So, um, yeah, let's, let's just take a moment to, um, to just reflect. And um, we're also going to open up the mic uh, for some sharing, so some, some session stories. So what I'd like you, if, you, if there's some things that, um, from tonight's message that are stirring in you that you'd like to come, um, that you'd want to come and share about, um, that's cool. You can jump up and share. Um, if you have um, some stories about where God is leading you into new places, new ways of being obedient and responding to God, or some ways that God's been challenging to say yes in some really hard ways, you can come up and share about that. Um, for those of you who maybe didn't want to jump up at the funeral yesterday, but you have some stories you wanted to share about Carol, we are, we are so open to that too. We're family here. So, if any of those things you want to come jump up and share, then then um, yeah, please feel free to do that. So, I'm going to put the mic down, and um, you can come up as you as you feel you want to, um, or just reflect on those questions. because it's a bit of a jumble. So I will do my best to kind of communicate in some kind of clear manner. Um, this has been a really interesting year for me and I would say this has been a year of stripping back. Um, in January, if I take it back to there, um, I was super excited and pumped to go away to 
the brave retreat, which was the uh, lesbian alternative Y camp for young adults meant to be as a space just to stop, pause, take a breath, sense God's presence, and um, just have God, um, I guess, you know, do that filling up thing that he does. Um, so I was really excited to go and share and be a part of that. And the theme was breathe, which is totally down my alley of, yes, breathe. Um, and what ended up happening is it, that weekend was a lot less for me about what I offered others and more about God actually hitting me and speaking to me about um, my condition and my need to slow down and to be still. And um, following that, um, that weekend, a couple of, of, of weeks later, I, I wrote these words and said, um, I sense in my soul that I am being led this year towards learning how to be with God, which is ironic given that I would say that that's what I talk about so much. Um, I sense God calling me to stop all my action and my doing and instead to learn what it means to be with him or to abide in him. And so began an interesting year for me. Um, I remember going away on holiday the week after the brief camp and just going for a little wander around the lake, completely flat, it was about 3k and we went early evening and I just, oh my gosh, halfway around that walk, I was just so tired and exhausted. I could barely make it back to camp without actually having to stop and sit down. And that was just, uh, it hit me full force that I was actually not okay at that point. And I think it was the week later that I, I penned out a really, I was so scared and anxious and fearful, and I wrote an email and pushed send and sent it to Brett, saying that um, I felt that God was telling me that I needed to step back from my role as the worship team leader here at Session. And he was very graceful and accepted that email and, and showed me care and showed me also that I didn't need to be scared about speaking about what was going on. Um, and so for the period of time from January to October, you would have seen me leading worship once, which I have never done since I was about 18, I think, had a break from leading worship. And so over that period of time, it hasn't just been the worship leading that God has told me to stop. Um, I stopped. I was leading some, some group sessions for the organisation Precure that I did my health coaching through and I stopped being part of that. I stopped teaching every single Pilates class that I had been involved in teaching and my other teacher, Alicia, picked up everything. Um, and I have gone back to only teaching one, one class a week. It's called Breathe, ironically. <laughs> and we actually don't even do any plays. We actually literally just lie down and do a lot of breathing. Um, which is 
so funny, the people that come just are like, this is so good. Um, and the verses that God gave me back in January that really stood out to me were Matthew 11, 28 to 30. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. In the unforced rhythms of grace, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And then Matthew 11, 28 to 30, live in me. Make your home in me just as I do in you. In the same way that a branch can't bear grapes by itself, but only by being joined to the vine, you can't bear fruit unless you are joined with me. I am the vine, you are the branches. When you join with me and I with you, the relation intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you can't produce a thing. Anyone who separates from me is dead wood, gathered up and thrown on the fire. But if you make yourselves at home with me, and my words are at home in you, you can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. Another impactful thing that has happened over the year is my growing coaching business, part of the business where I was, you know, over 2021 I had kind of been lifting little clients and this year, mm, I don't even know, I maybe had one and it's essentially died and I've just had to let that go. Um, again, just a really, really hard thing and God teaching me to what it, what it looks like to stop hustling um, and that activation part of me that's always wanting to go, go, go and what does it mean to... If I can't do that, what does it look like to not do that? Um, it's been humbling and yeah, I know that God is not actually done with me yet in the stripping back because there are two areas that I know very clearly God has been telling me, you need to do this, you need to do this. One was from a year ago, one was from about May, and I've still not acted on them and done them. So this obedient stuff is really hard um, because often we just want to, do it the way we want to do it. Um, but with all of the surrender, I live with the faith and the hope that um, just like that vine or just like a plant, in fact, we, you know, we have this um, lavender bush that I planted about a year ago, and I have three of them in the pot. And at the end of the season, all, all three died. And I noticed that one of them didn't even seem to have roots anymore, so I actually ripped that one out. The other two, I chopped right back really hard, and they looked really ugly pretty much the whole year. And I've just noticed in the last couple of weeks that suddenly these really dead-looking plants have shot up this new growth, and you can see the little lavender heads sitting there. So 
my final thought was that within all the surrender um, and God's call to do what he says and to learn how to live intimately with him, um, that just like uh, that plant being stripped back, that, that new healthy growth can't happen without that pruning. Yeah, so that faith and hope that that will be what comes, that the new thing will come when God's ready to go. So I hope that makes sense. And, um, thanks for listening.